in a world where Mad Lab Theater. What are you doing? Making the Mad Lab ad for Cinema Wheeler Tay. Oh, here's my other one. Susan thought it was just another day, and then she met Mad Lab. Why don't you just say that Mad Lab is the new works theater in downtown Columbus, featuring hilarious comedies, powerful dramas, improv with FFN, the annual Young Writers Festival, and the longest-running shorts festival in central Ohio, Theater Roulette. That sounds pretty awesome, especially when I do it over the Star Wars theme. Star Wars is always a good choice. Mad Lab, the original. For more information, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or visit us at madlab.net. Citizen the Wheeler Tay. It's uh, Sean, Tony, and Scott as usual. Hello. And we're joined by uh, one of our favorite people. Uh, a very guest. special guest. A very <laughs> special guest. It can't be more special than this. <laughs> she's uh, one of the smartest people I know, and she's, um, she's a veteran. A, she's also my neighbor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's Tony's neighbor. <laughs> and she's uh, one, a Columbus Improv veteran, a uh, very funny person, Darla Monroe. Yeah. Hey. Hi. Hey. Hi. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for having me. Yeah. It's a first timer, <laughs> which is always yes. good. Uh, and today we brought Darla on to talk about, uh, because it's in the Halloween season right now, it's probably a good time to start going into some horror classics. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of a better way to start that off than this week's. Say the the naming of this genre again. Horror? (laughs) I'm glad somebody can say that. And not horror? Or Or not horror. I always say horror. Oh, horror. 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 It sounds like oh, horror. <laughs> e- either way, I guess oh. it's going to work. I thought you were going to do like a New England thing where you say horror movies. Horror, yeah. Well, I'm going to go the yeah. Kennedy route. <laughs> well, yeah, this one is a classic horror, horror, however you want to pronounce horror. it, movie. Uh, it's 1982's Poltergeist. Um, it's funny with me with this is... I never actually saw this in the 80s. Like, it wasn't until, like, later on on HBO that I watched it. But I definitely had awareness of it in the 80s. Because on the playground, kids were always talking, like, if they saw Nightmare on Elm Street or one of their older siblings showed them, like, Friday the 13th, you would always hear about it. And they would brag about it constantly. This is, like, the mid to late 80s. And Poltergeist was one of those movies that they would start, like, oh, you gotta see it. The guy tears his face off. And, you know, like, they would just brag about all these things they've seen. And so I didn't see it right away, but when I did see it, at first I was like, wow, this is kind of over the top. <laughs> you know, it's not <laughs> like a, a subtle movie. But then I kind of uh, rediscovered it like last year when the when the remake came out. Because uh, I kind of said, I haven't thought of Quartergeist in a while, I'm going to check it out. And I loved it that time around. So even though I always liked the movie, I gained the greater appreciation for it. So I was kind of curious, like, how did you guys come across this for the first time? We'll just go around the room with, with Tony. Um... I remember watching it uh, as a kid. I don't exactly know. I think it was one of those that came on TV or HBO or we may have even rented it. My sister Cindy is a huge horror movie <laughs> fan. And so I grew up, um, she's about eight years older than me. 
So I grew up just watching these scary movies at a really young age. That's how I got introduced to Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, which still terrifies me. But I do remember watching Poltergeist as a child and being really fascinated by it. Um, it was scary, but I also found it really interesting, the supernatural element of it, ghosts. We lived in a haunted house um, when I was young, from the time I was about, I don't know, six, I was like five or six till about seven-ish. I actually showed Scott the haunted house that we lived at in the Poconos, and it was legitimately haunted, and some, some interesting things went on there, so this was around the time that I'd seen this movie. Oh. So I kind of believed in it, you know? I mean, I was like... This happened to another girl, but she had it worse. <laughs> she got sucked into a TV. Wow. That's a, I wasn't expecting the haunted house angle yeah. there. That's wow. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. We did live in a haunted house. Some, some now looking back kind of humorous stories, but at the time really frightening. Um, you know, certainly like I, I remember there were a couple encounters where I saw my Barbies just walking, you know, like on their own. Very slowly, as if like someone was playing with them and moving them. Uh, just creepy yeah. things like that. I never actually saw any apparitions. It was more so just the element of seeing things move. Like in this movie with the chairs, and you see these different things happening, but you can't really explain why. Right, mm -hmm. right. You just get the sense that there's something else. Were you sucked into a TV? God, no. <laughs> That's I good. Was not sucked That's into good. a TV. Okay. And uh, Darla, how did you... Uh... Um, I actually, I saw this in the theater when it came out, oh, so cool. I was, I was 11, <laughs> and I was allowed to go with my friend, I think that, so she was four years older than I, so she would have been 15, and I remember I was allowed to walk from my house to her house at night in our ex-urban neighborhood, and, <laughs> you know, and then her mom took us to the movie, I felt very, very grown up yeah. to be going to see a scary movie, you know, by myself with my friend. Because it was PG, mm -hmm. and we were allowed to go. Anyway, uh, and it, it scared me quite a bit. And I, I think they, I don't think I had to walk back home from her house because that would have been really scary after the movie. I think they dropped me back at my house. But, <laughs> um, and I also remember, so the the actress Carol Ann was pretty close to my sister's age, so she didn't get to see the movie till later. But she had such a thing for that little girl, and she also had the long blonde hair. Um, and felt like a kindred spirit with her. So that movie really makes me think of my sister. All oh, right. Those times. So. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Like that's a firsthand take of when it was released, and yeah. it was like a big hit at that point, mm -hmm. wasn't it? Like just. Yeah, it was a major blockbuster, and I think it was a kind of a surprise blockbuster yeah. that they weren't expecting it to do as well as it did. And yeah. It was kind. Of, I feel. I don't know for sure, but I feel like. It was probably one of the first movies of its kind because it wasn't like a slasher type film. It was very, you know, um, psychological. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and very Spielberg. Of, yeah. That you see the family and get to know and get invested in all the characters and the like real mm -hmm. kind of slice of life family dynamic is through it. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, I'm going to touch base with the Spielberg thing in a minute too because yeah. it's a. Uh... I think uh, the first time I. I don't remember the first time because I think it was always on TV, you know. But uh, uh, I remember our dad would say it was one of his favorite scary movie. He thought it was a really scary movie. He did. So I guess you know when I finally was able to sit down and watch it, and I, whenever it was, I remember watching. It's like, oh, this is. And I thought it was scary, but it was very watchable. It wasn't like it was enjoyable. A lot of horror movies, like <laughs> I had seen the Leprechaun. You know, it's like you know, it's like That's scary. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, that is really scary. It's just like, but it's hilarious. Yeah. It's hilarious. Puns 
are the best. Yeah. But he just like, you know, that gory killing, yeah. you know, just yeah. like like taking off uh um but this is this there's there's some yeah, Leprechaun has charm to it, uh, you know. But uh this <laughs> I, I I agree with what like uh Darla says, like you get invested in a family, the family kinda acts they're not I wouldn't say they um there's other things we could talk about the family. I don't think they're like the quintessential family. There's a lot of interesting mm. things mm-hmm. about yes. them. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, they're dysfunctional I, I, somewhat like anyone else. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're kind of like, you know, for the time, for a Spielberg movie, they, well, Spielberg always had an unconventional family. Usually they were divorced. Yeah. <laughs> divorced mothers. Mm-hmm. So that was different for this one. <laughs> uh, but um, like you see the mother smoking pot. You right, know, right, and, right, right. And then the dad's kind of doing some weird. I don't know. I, I remember. Any, yeah, so what, yeah. when I so what was funny, yeah, yeah, what I remembered from my eleven-year-old self. That was funny to yeah. kind of go. What, what did I still remember? Yeah. And so that's him standing in front of the mirror and pushing yeah. his gut out and going before, yeah. after, yeah. before, yeah. Yeah. after. Like, <laughs> and I remembered that, and I remember laughing at that. So it was kind of like at age 11, and again, yeah. like kind of seeing, oh, this is what moms and dads do when yeah. they're having fun in their bedroom after we go to sex. And that's all it was, you know. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. What was he, was he recreating some sort of diving thing? Uh, oh, yeah, there was there was a dive that he did, too. Yeah, he was like, she said he was a swimmer. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah. She said, but you were at a little out of shape or something. She... She joked about how he didn't have the physique he once had. And he's reading that Ronald Reagan. That's what I have noticed, too. Yeah. Because I think there's a weird undercurrent in this movie. Because I think... Yes. It's the dark side of suburban capitalism. That's what it is. Yeah. That's... Yeah. But not only that, but it it feels like a... (laughs) I feel like like, these are two guys... The the parents, I think, were definitely hippies in the late 60s. You could tell that. They were probably... um, They probably went to Woodstock. Maybe not went to Woodstock, but they were probably in that whole vibe and whole scene. And they... Like, a lot of people of their generation, they gradually, especially t- during the Reagan era, they started moving more and more towards, like, with the Reagan Democrats, more towards conservatism. Mm-hmm. So what I think is really interesting is he's smoking pot with his wife in bed, and he's reading a book on Ronald Reagan at the same time. Yeah. And, and I, I, it's not I supposed to be of, ironic, you know? But I also kind of get the impression he's a little bit more conservative than she is. You know, he works for that big corporate yeah. architecture or construction company, and... You know, they're all about making money and things like that. And I feel like maybe he is a little bit different minded than she is, where she's kind of stay at home and seems very sort of carefree. And mm-hmm. like, there's that scene where the construction workers are hitting on her daughter. Yeah. Remember, oh, and right. then she gives him a tough time, and the mom just kind of laughs. And, you know, she, instead of being like, why are they talking like that? Try daughter. You know, yeah, that's creepy. Yeah, yeah like, She like watches it and then laughs and like shrugs it off. And yeah. She just kind of seems very. Um, not in a selfish way, but kind of self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're yeah. the kind of parents when these kids grow up, they're gonna let they're gonna they let them have raver raves at their house. It's just like, <laughs> come on, kids, we're the cool parents. You yeah, can come over here. But I think you're right about kind of like aging hippie baby boomers yeah. making this transition. But by the way, that scene with the daughter with the construction workers sexually harassing her, and she did that that uh, extended arm Italian yeah, yeah. flip-off thing. <laughs> I don't remember thinking that was really sophisticated. Yeah, that was. <laughs> that's probably why the mom laughed. It's like, good one. You yeah, know, I, I, can't, exactly I can't discipline that. But yeah. even when the kids are fighting at the table, she's just kind of ignoring it. Yeah. Like, you know, like, because yeah. I think Carol Ann and, and, and the and son. The older, well, in the, in the beginning, it's like the older sister and the son going back and forth, isn't it? Like they're fighting over breakfast or something. Mm-hmm. Something stupid. And then Carol Ann's just kind of sitting there, and she's like laughing, like she's trying to fit in. 
the younger, we're, I've been there, the younger sibling not really knowing what's going on, just trying to fit in. Yeah. It's kind of like Carol Ann, but yeah, you're right, she's just sort of well, she, doing uh, her own thing. Well, there's also the line, and I think this speaks to what you're saying, when he, when the baby's flying across the floor, and she oh, brings him yeah. in, it's like, just... Tap into that part of your brain that's still open-minded. Yeah. So it's yeah. referring to that right. he had this past where he was more, but, you know, I, I think people as they get more, I think people as they get more, as you get older, you become more cynical, mm-hmm. you know, more skeptical about stuff. Well, and your priorities shift, too, yeah. in terms of what's important to you and what you're, where your interests, quote-unquote, are. Well, I think it's interesting because the transition when these these paranormal events start mm-hmm. happening in the house, it they kind of buy into it immediately. You don't have that, like... Like in yeah. The Exorcist, they go through doctor after doctor after yeah. doctor to figure out what's going on, oh, and they keep trying to rationalize yeah. scientifically what's happening and, until they finally recognize, okay, it's religion. Here, they're just like, okay. I love that about this movie. That <laughs> they're ghosts. No, they, they never have to convince anybody that something weird's going on. It's it's Even the family is like instantly in. As soon as they see evidence that something's going on, they do it. Like, And I think the best, one of my favorite lines is when that guy, uh, one of the... Uh, I don't know what Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's telling the story about. I once watched this thing move for thirty minutes. Oh, you know, uh-huh. it only moved thirty feet, but it was really riveting. And he's just like, uh huh, uh huh. And he unlocks the door and he opens up and everything's flying around. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just you know, it's just like um, there's no there's no hidden you know aspect of being haunted. It's like it's it's, it's right there. It's just, yeah. There's they can they can tap into it anytime they want there's no yeah. Yeah. gradual yeah. yeah well and I want to say one more thing too back to what you're saying about the, the 80s and the zeitgeist and all of that is that so it's like this um, this pinnacle of the American dream right this this um, exurb in the cul-de-sac right and the, <laughs> yeah. cul-de- the cul-de-sac was supposed to be where you were safe like the city was full of dangers it was full of crime and mm-hmm. brown people and immigrants and, and, and <laughs> right. so like the cul-de-sac was the place where your kids could ride around mm-hmm. on their bike and not get hit by a car or whatever and so that's what's really funny is like the that how that process of of achieving what everybody supposedly wanted was what put them all in harm's way yeah exactly and what I love love too about Spielberg's touch is like he takes like the suburban environment that most of us were probably living in, like either a lower middle class or middle class neighborhood like this. And it's all recognizable. Like I remember growing up in the 80s when I watched this movie, it brings me right back to that time period because the, the fashion, the, just the way the whole, the house is messy. It's not completely clean. You know, it looks like a realistic mm. middle class house. to be desired. Oh, those, yeah, those yeah. designer <laughs> jeans that Joe Beth Williams was wearing. Oh my God, that looked like they were painted on. They were. <laughs> I actually like the jeans. She was kind Stylish, I will say that, but and in general, yeah, the style at that time was especially for men. <laughs> oh, yeah, mm. which by the way, they said he said her age was 32 at some point, yeah. Said, yeah. and the daughter, the oldest daughter, was supposed to be 16. Yeah, so, so maybe that like, ties into the hippie, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was she style, like yeah. a high school baby, or yeah. what, you know, or was that just a, a, a fake? And yeah, maybe, maybe I was thinking that, that too. Maybe that's part of it, maybe they got married young. Because they had the baby, and now they're growing into different people. Mm-hmm. You know, because you yeah. do change a lot, especially from 16 to 30. Mm-hmm. And maybe, and anyway. In real life, too, like, I think they're, the, the age difference between the actress who played the, the oldest daughter was only, like, 10 years with Joe Beth Williams. So there yeah. was not that big a, an age yeah. gap between yeah. them. Um, 
but yeah, I get that same impression. I had that to like, okay, it goes back to that hippie thing. Like, I, I, I think they were they were definitely open minded, progressive people in their day. And then as time went on, they got kind of complacent with when what they had. They had. Yeah. You know, he well, became a real estate agent, and it's awesome. And he, well, yeah. he also it it sounded like he was moving up in that company, and he was making good money. That's yeah. why she was able to stay at home, and so you know their economic situation was shifting as well. And with when that happens. You know, your life kind of changes, and maybe that was the direction he was wanting to go in, but she was just kind of along for the ride. Yeah. It's funny about the, the suburban sameness of everything, although that those houses <laughs> even said, well, yeah. we do have a liberal uh, uh, building code, so someone got, <laughs> he's describing this thing that I couldn't visualize, someone built in their backyard down to a pool or something. When oh, trying to sell yeah. the house. That was like the pool in the house we grew up in. It was exactly <laughs> the same pool. Anyway, it was but everything was the yeah. same, even down to like they used the same remote control. Yeah, because yeah. the other guy oh, was changing yeah. the right. right. Oh, I, ne- I didn't get why. I, yeah. I got the, the two TVs, but I didn't get them because it was the same remote. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's yeah and pretty, they kept changing yeah. the channel. Pretty big statement. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I might <laughs> have to do research and if that really was possible that you could, you, everybody's. Um, that it wasn't just coded in for that one TV that anybody that was snapping would change it to. It had to happen because they had a lot of that stuff in the movies where, yeah, you know. But I will say, you know, kind of piggybacking off of what you said, I really, I, I like the angle of um, having this safe cul-de-sac suburban community being this, this place of, you know, serenity and safety and security. Having it really be flipped upside down and being into this dangerous harmful, scary, surreal kind of world, to, that's intriguing to me, and I like that, and I think a lot of people like that, and that's mm-hmm. why this movie oh, why was so great, yeah. exactly, yeah. why it resonated, because, you know, things are weird, there's always, you know, mayhem behind the white picket fence, mm-hmm. whether people want to admit or not, and this movie kind of shed some light on that at a time in history when things like that weren't exposed yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie made 15 years later is American Beauty. Yet. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, this is a better movie. You think about it, in yeah. the early 80s, they, yeah. there really weren't, I mean, people weren't smoking pot in movies. You weren't, you know, just, there, there were a lot of sort of, um, well, not in Spielberg movies. Revolutionary type yeah. things that were yeah. happening. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, around that time they had a lot of movies like Porky's and things mm-hmm. of that nature come out. But on the mainstream end of things, like a PG movie, that just wasn't. That's what's that kind of stuff wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. That's the amazing thing that this was PG. Now they almost rated this R. Like yeah. they were actually going to rate this movie R, the MPAA. But Spielberg really fought to have it. Spielberg had a lot of clout with him. Whenever they would fight to rate something of his, you know, label it an R, he would fight to get it a PG rating because I think he had an innate understanding that kids would get it even if it's a little too intense for them. Like, Temple of Doom, the same thing happened. He was able to fight to get that a PG uh, rating. And that's when actually PG-13 came into existence because so many parents were upset about Temple of Doom that they had to create a PG-13 rating after that. I mean, one of the scenes that really stood out for me when I was a kid that, that I remember is the scene where Joe Beth Williams gets out of the bathtub and, the, you know, the ghost flies her across the room. Oh, yeah, she's, yeah. You know, yeah. up yeah. against the wall. And this was before um, Freddy Krueger had come out, just a f- two years later, and they kind of replicated that with in the first Nightmare on Elm Street, where the girl's getting killed and she's flying, a, getting dragged across the walls and stuff. I think they took that 
elements yeah. of that from this movie, but that was really freaky back then to see that. And I mean, special effects look incredible. You can't, yeah. uh, yeah. it looks so authentic. But they show her underwear in that scene. You, yeah. know, you see a lot of skin, and she's flying <laughs> around. I mean, for 1982, that's kind of risque. For yeah. a PG movie. Yeah. Certainly for a yeah. PG yeah. movie. Yeah, you're right. Um, I love the opening scene when it goes, I guess, from my understanding, because I, I don't remember it too clearly, but I know that the broadcast would end the day playing the national yeah. anthem. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. now I'm sure a lot of people watching, especially kids, are like, what's going on? <laughs> right, so could this happen today because the TV never goes off? Right, yeah. I mean, it's constantly I broadcasting. Like when we were watching it, I said, what would people do today if, if cable just shut off at midnight like it used to? <laughs> You'd go into Fox News and talk about it. Yeah. yeah, right, right. But it, it, is, it is weird, it's like, I'm stuck in a Hannity program. Guys. <laughs> I'm stuck in Hannity. Oh my god! Uh, but and and what was with this family that they constantly had? They were and again, I think that was something of a statement that Spielberg was making, and that kind of symbolic yeah. of like they they were watching TV from the time they woke until the TV <laughs> yeah. shut off. And when it, when was that? Normally three or four a.m. or yeah. yeah, that had to been like uh like about like I think it was like after I midnight think it was one or two. One a.m. or something. Yeah, it was yeah. one or two because the Tonight Show would go on to like one thirty or so at least. And they might oh, have okay. another. Maybe it was yeah. So they're in that sense again. That's Americana, right? That you're yeah. just you're glued to your TV, and then that mm-hmm. that brings danger into your home. And right. By the way, that one of the most iconic lines of cinema, right? It's the little girl. Yeah. They're here. Yeah. <laughs> and then they follow back. Like, who were there? The TV people, yeah. you know. And and that's when she's she actually buys into it immediately. But back to your point, Craig T. Nelson is sleeping in front of the TV on top of that. Like, he's just in his yeah, chair. Yeah, yeah. It's like, so he clearly just watched it, let himself go, and, and that was it. So it just kind of falls into how TV had become that, it's the thrust of the household now, and that's where well, everything that, happens. I think that's what's so great about it, is that you're just watching her talk to the TV. It's just creepy. Because yeah, yeah, you don't yeah, 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 yeah. You're just like, and just watching everybody else watch it just the way... Yeah. I think that those are my favorite scenes is like you have like something that like the national anthem's playing and you just have that static there and and um, you have that the music in this movie is not horror music it's it's Spielberg Jerry Goldsmith like just it's very eerie. very melodic yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. very melodic and it's it's not I mean it gets it ramps up when stuff's going on but it's not like John Carpenter you know the synthesizer like the dark synthesizer in his movies yeah. it's more of um, it's dreamlike it's, yeah. it's kind of like uh, childlike actually especially yeah. Carol Ann yeah. she has her own theme yeah um, and it actually builds up to that like if you watch that opening sequence it follows the dog through the house and basically I think the whole point oh, of that is to establish right. this is a familiar territory we all have a house like this with dogs and <laughs> right. yeah, thank god nothing happened to the dog I know <laughs> in today's horror movies you see yeah. a dog or a cat and you're like oh yeah, bad. the dog was playing catch at one point with the with the TV people. <laughs> and and then, then Carol Ann wakes up and then the music hits and that's and she's just talking to it as if it's a normal person. She doesn't differentiate yeah. between the supernatural and what's happening around her because she's a well, kid. Well, it always kind of raises the question: Can she see people, or does she it, just hear them? Yeah. Is there was there something where she couldn't see, she said she couldn't see them? I thought. Yeah, I agree. Them? I thought it was okay. she she could hear them and she could communicate okay. with them because she was like saying. I can't hear you. What are you saying? <laughs> yes. And she's like answering their questions. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. Like, I always get confused by 
the subplot of the the actual poltergeist and the ghost and what's actually happening because I know that yeah. the psychic explains it, yeah. but I always have to rewind it and try to get the details straight because it's like I think I know what there's a demon poltergeist in there, right? He's the worst one. Yeah, or, it, yeah. I think he's the only. There's only one bad ghost in there because the way she described it, he's using her That's as right. a pawn to keep them from going to the light. Yeah, you know. Whatever it is, the light being heaven or whatever, they're in some sort of uh, purgatory, uh-huh. I guess, is better, for lack of a better term. And he's using her as a distraction to keep them from, like, oh, and I don't know what his end goal there is. Yeah. <laughs> that he just doesn't want them to go in. Yeah, no, no. Well, and I had a hard time, and I'm trying to remember, because yeah. the subsequent, was there a two and three, or just there a two? There was a two. There were a couple, yeah. Because okay. the one, when they go into that whole backstory of, like, the Mormon cult in the desert or whatever. <laughs> I think that's the second one, because they the have, remember that very eerie guy comes to the house, and he's in, like, the black and white, very mm-hmm. sort of... yeah. Mormon-esque suit. That, I think, is supposed to be the evil spirit. If I remember correctly. And and I can't remember what his name was. He had a a distinct name. Was it Cain? Cain, yes. It was Cain. That was, I think, the spirit. And he's on the door when, at the end, when he's blocking the door and a demon. When she goes to try to get in the room when she's, the oh yeah, the demon, the, the right? Demon yeah. Comes out, the oh demon yeah, the face. Yeah. I think that's him. Yeah. I think yeah. that. Yeah. Well, so that's the question: whether yeah. Spielberg or did Spielberg write this? He did actually write this. It was actually supposed to be, from what I had read, uh, kind of a follow-up to Close Encounters because it was kind of following uh, similar things. And I think it evolved into a ghost story from there. And I think a lot of uh, the elements mm-hmm. in the movie, like the tree and the clown were all fears of Spielberg's as a kid. So he was kind of channeling... Yeah, yeah. The uh, clowns, for sure. Yeah. The clown and then the, the, the tree with the faces in it. Like yeah. We were kind of yeah. we laughing at it this time around, but that certainly was mm-hmm. very terrifying. But so, so the question is whether Spielberg already had this very complicated backstory, <laughs> yeah. right, of the cult leader or whatever. Or if it just, you know, again, that... That the story evolved as they moved towards the sequels. Yeah, like I'm I... willing to bet on the latter. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I, I don't think he had much to do with that specifics yeah. because I think, knowing his style, he likes ambiguity with a lot of things. Like, you don't really know a backstory on the aliens and Close Encounters or even E.T. You don't really know. But uh, that seems to be something that... Because he had nothing to do with the sequels. I think his involvement was this movie and this movie alone. And then they just took it kind of like Jaws. Mm-hmm. They made sequels that he had nothing to do with. But um, I know that he originated the story, and actually, there's a lot of controversy about who actually directed this movie. It's credited to a guy named Toby Hooper, who also directed mm. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. Mm. And which is a terrifying movie. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's a really scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, Spielberg loved his work on that, but he'd be perfect for Poltergeist because Spielberg was originally going to direct this himself, but he was also planning ET at the same time. Oh, okay. they were filmed back to back. So there are pictures on that same street because it was the same neighborhood of the Poltergeist kids and the E.T. kids all together with Spielberg in the middle. It's it's great stuff. And I'm like, what are the what's the luck that you're directing both of these movies one way or another simultaneously? How many people have that yeah. happen in their yeah. careers? You know, then they're all his ideas. And um, but there's never a straight story as to whether Toby Hooper, who was the Texas Chainsaw director, the nominal director directed a lot of these scenes or Spielberg did because Spielberg was heavily involved with this because there was a lot of downtime when he was planning E.T. to come on the set and, and work on it. And there are different stories like uh, Zelda, Zelda Rubenstein who was the actress who played the psychic says yeah. this is a Spielberg movie. Toby Hooper was like 
<laughs> he was just like uh, zoned out of his mind. Like he had a drug issues and stuff like that. Uh, they were saying, uh, and then uh, other people were saying, well, Toby did a lot of the setup and everything, but Spielberg would consult with him on every shot. My impression is that it's very much a Spielberg production, and I think Hooper was a director for hire. He did a lot of the stuff to fill in when to maybe say sh- cut, you know, action. But a lot of the creative decisions are really coming from Spielberg. You know, that's kind of the impression I get mm. from mm-hmm. this. That makes sense. Yeah. You can even tell it's Spielberg. It's a suburban setting with a supernatural the element coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. see Jaws until much later. I didn't see Jaws until the 90s. Because Jaws came out when I was like five or four. <laughs> yeah, I know. And my older sister saw it. And then, of course, she came home and told me all about it. So I was panicked about sharks for years after that. Anyway, um, so you see the parallels between Jaws and this movie. There's oh, so yeah. many things. And so many... I, I feel like Jaws... And again, I don't know enough about his career. That's when he sort of perfected the 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 Spielberg spiel I mean, yeah like, the, <laughs> it is the like showing the human side of it like because remember in Jaws you know doesn't he do this weird thing with his daughter like yeah father right they did right. was it his son I can't even remember he does this weird peekaboo yeah there right? is that and moment yeah, 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 yeah there yeah. is so that's kind of like I I take that as like a real Spielberg. And, and, Hallmark. and Roy Schneider and his wife, I think they had kind of that similar dynamic. They were kind of like, yeah, yeah. you know, easygoing. Um, and the biggest parallel, I think, substitute the mayor for the real estate mogul, and right. it's the same uh, thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, that kind of post Watergate, don't trust anybody in charge, and people are ripping you off, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> I do find one of the weirdest things in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> is when that guy goes to help himself to steak in the refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would you pick the most expensive thing in the refrigerator? To cook a steak. He's like, he found the steak and he's... I, I, if you're a guest at someone's house, I don't think you get like a dinner item when you start cooking it in the middle of the night. Especially when you're on watch for poltergeist, I guess. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, I think that guy was kind of socially inept anyway. Yeah. I just yeah. don't think he was very comfortable with people in general. He was eating the chicken. Like, he was pulling <laughs> chicken out and eating yeah. it. And you never saw him say, can I, hey, do you mind if I go in there and get something to eat? So if you go to a career counselor and take one of those personality profiles and it shows mm-hmm. that you have no social skills, yeah. maybe they <laughs> encourage you to become like a ghost <laughs> investigator because Dead people are more forgiving. Right. <laughs> like, you would be good with, with paranormal uh, activity. Yeah. But this, yeah. for ghost investigators, they seem pretty well adjusted. I, I, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I guess that guy was definitely the most, uh, but the other two. Well, it was weird. So first you had the one team headed by the red-headed lady. Mm-hmm. And then you had Zelda Rubenstein. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that. So the, and if I recall right, that... They knew Zelda, Zelda's character and brought her in. Yeah. So I was thinking about, like, how do you find a Ghostbuster before there was Google? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, where did I get these people? Yeah, the yellow pages, <laughs> all, all, like, word of mouth. And... Did you know her name in the, in the movie? She had a name. Yeah. It's, uh, it's weird. I just read it. I didn't know it from the movie. It's Tangina Barons. Tangina. T-A-N-G-I-N-A. I never... Or Tangina? Is it Tangina? Tangina, yeah. They don't really mention her by name that often. They're just kind of impressed by her. Like, she's kind of like this Yoda-esque guru type person that comes in and and helps them. Uh, But 
I almost felt like she did a like what they call in wrestling a heel turn at one point because they're saying don't go to the light, keep oh, Caroline away yeah. from the light. Then she starts saying go to the light, and then Craig T. Nelson's like, no, you told her not to go to the light. And I thought there was going to be some she was going to be hooked up with the ghost somehow. But what I think was happening, oh. she was not talking to the to Caroline. She was talking to those other people to go to the light yeah. they're supposed to go to. But she didn't clarify that with the rest of the room. Yeah, so. the mom got mad. Remember she was yelling at the mom? Or the mom was yelling at her? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I hate you for this. You know? Yeah. Oh, because oh, yeah, yeah, with her. Yeah, yeah. 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 And lie to her. Yeah. She said lie to her and tell her to go to the light. Yeah. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was all a little bit confusing to me. And yeah. it, it yeah. was still confusing. And then again, you know, and I, I appreciate that of, of Spielberg leaving things a little vague. So <laughs> yeah. putting, like, the, how... Having a rope around your waist is going to save you. And then, yeah. you, and then you wade into this goo, and then you're able to grab her. And then, you, you know, the portal. So that's right. what I assume it was like some wormhole And you have to like sit thing. in the tub in order to get that stuff yeah. out of decent warm water. I think this is the first time when slime came became a thing in the 80s, too. This oh, has to be right. it yeah. has to be the yeah. first time. Yeah. Ghostbusters, that's when it peaked. But I think this is the first time like people... Yeah. Where slime became a thing because it was popular for a while. Was really. Nickelodeon? No, Nickelodeon was that was around. a little yeah, bit yeah, after. Yeah, that was right. That was around yeah. the same time. You can't do that. On yeah, television. you right. can't do that yeah. on television. Was but that that was this was like eighty one and was made right? And yeah, it came out in eighty two. Certainly, Ghostbusters was taking cues from this movie with a lot of stuff. Yeah, you know, because interesting because ectoplasm. Like, yeah, ectoplasm. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if there was slime before. If it was even a thing. But it's funny, it's funny that, like, little dwarf psychic, you know, person, it reminded me... A woman after my own heart. Uh, <laughs> well, it reminded me of that movie, is it Living in Oblivion with Peter Dinklage? And then yeah. Like, yeah, and he goes on this rant about it, because it's a dreamlike sequence, you have to put a dwarf in it, and... Yeah, that's, like that's right. Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So, that's the ultimate right. dwarf. Right, right. I think we should cue that music right now. <laughs> so again, that that that, that um, little people are supposed to have this magical. Maybe we do. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Craig T. Nelson's character is going after her at the beginning too, that's making all these jokes. Craig T. Delson's going after her, too, with all those jokes at the beginning and, you know, testing her to see if she's a legit psychic. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're seeing ghosts all over the place, and now you're skeptical that somebody may be a psychic at this point. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's like, I believe this, it was but like I'm not going to believe it. Yeah. 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 And it was prejudiced because she was, she was short. I think that's why. And, and a woman. Like, yeah. when, men don't listen to women anyway. Thank you. Yeah. Especially women who are short, but right. just as intelligent. If you notice about this movie, though, all the all the heroes are women. They are, yeah. Because Frank D. Nelson's character is useless. I'm going to tell yeah. you about Zelda Rubenstein. Virtual fist pump from one petite woman to the next. Is she still alive? Virtual fist pump in heaven. She still is, actually. I think, yeah, I actually saw her on a panel, like I was watching in preparation for this. Like, she was actually on a panel talking about the movie. Oh, that's cool. Oh, no, I take it back. She died in 2010 at 76. Not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. But she was also in 16 Candles. She was the organist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember she was, like, walking down the aisle, her corset or whatever was going, eh. <laughs> yeah, she just had a whole string at that point. Like, How you know, we forget her role in Teen Witch. Oh, right. Um, she played the witch. Yeah. She the did. Little witch who helped out. Uh, what's her name? Interesting. Robin Lively. I think. Anyway, that's a good movie. A fun, and by good I mean. <laughs> was she on a television show? I don't know. It looks like she was on a show of cops. <laughs> uh, was it the show cops? No, it wasn't a show. <laughs> a cop show. 
Or the show Cops. No, it's like she was a, a family of cops. Huh. I'm sure she was one of those stock actors that they would bring in for specific roles like that. Yeah. Like if they had a, like a, a Tangia type vibe to it, it doesn't yeah. have to be a psychic, but just somebody that's kind of off putting. Right, right. And this like this southern accent too. Again, that's a, a yeah. stereotype. Again, and and I don't know. Like what we we definitely think New Orleans and voodoo and like that's what I was thinking. Spirit world. This house is clean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which. What was up with that? That yeah. she thought the house was clean, and then <laughs> the, right. yeah, big, the big closet monster was still there? That is what throws me off with all this stuff. That's why I got confused by the backstory with the but ghosts. I think it's the ghost Kane. I think he comes back somehow, and that's why he carries on into the sequel. I think the other ghosts might have went on to the light. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I think it's but that the big, big, evil, the big guy. evil one. She was on Picket Fences. That's why. Oh. That's the cop. Tom Skerritt. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, were these other lost spirits? Were they haunting the house as far as like causing all that ruckus, or was it just the beast doing that? Because well, those... if they were, they the TV people. Oh, right. So that right. would be that again. The, and again, the, the TV people were friendly. Yeah, yeah. they just did, they didn't they just played with Carolyn. Okay. Although right. they said that she was the the beast or whatever. It could it was a child. It. it Oh, so she always said yeah. as a child. Well, so. yeah, because the beast can transform. Itself. Yeah, just like Satan can yeah. transfer into different, you know, beings and. So yeah, he was kind of creepy. Yeah. He or she was. A, he so he was acting like a child to get Carol Ann to trust him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my door. Okay, so wait, just one. Sorry, one more segue. So Zelda Rubenstein was in Picket Fences with Tom Skerritt, <laughs> yeah. and he's in he's an alien. <laughs> right. Right. That I just so we can do like a horror six degrees. Of <laughs> yeah, you <it> could. <laughs> that would be fun. There's an alien poster um, in this six movie. Six degrees of Zelda Rubenstein. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the new Kevin Bacon is Zelda Rippenstein. I'm so, sure, because she has a million credits, I'm sure. Uh, uh, there's an alien poster in this? There's movie? an alien poster, I think, in the kid's room. I think it's the, the oh, son's the room. Alien? The movie Alien? That's like, a terrifying movie. Yeah, that, that kid I've could not be scary. old enough. I've never seen yeah. it. Oh, is there a Millennium it's, Falcon? It's really good. There's uh, a lot of Star Wars references yeah. throughout it, because that would have yeah, been the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah, Star Wars. Um, and I'm sure Spielberg had access to that because of Lucas, but... Um, where did E.T. live on this street? Because I know. Because <laughs> they filmed it in the same... Elliot was down the street. Yeah, on the as, same, as, yeah. as the family is fleeing the house, you see, like, the bicycle pass over the middle. I know. I'd like to think that this is a shared universe with both movies <laughs> taking place. Were they filmed? They were, yeah. They were. Yeah, they were. I did read in the trivia the role of Carol Ann... Um, Drew Barrymore tested for that. Yeah. And she wasn't wow. she wasn't innocent enough or sweet enough or something. <laughs> and that's what got her, I think, uh, E.T. was was the fact that she auditioned for that. And they wanted Carol Ann initially. They, they definitely wanted uh, Heather O'Rourke initially for it. But, um... She just had that bleach blonde, you know. Yeah, yeah. Spielberg loved See, her. that's all the kids. Well, <laughs> See, that's... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, it's the coolest pick. Yeah, yeah, they're all there. So, what, what was her name? Dunn. She was one of the Dominique yeah, Dunn. Dominic Dunn. Yeah. Oh yeah, because Dominic is her yeah. uncle. Is that right? Or I was think her? so. Because he had that show on A and E. Did you ever watch Which that? One? What was it called? Oh, I can't remember. But like her family and, and Griffin yeah. Dunn, right? Is also one of her. He's the knight. Oh yeah, they they the might after be after hours. Yeah, it's all the same yeah. family. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, really talented. Uh, that's yeah, another movie. The New York High Society family, like super wealthy and literary. And, 
So that was just horrifying how she died. Yeah, yeah that was like the first part of what they called the poltergeist curse because yes. she was strangled by her boyfriend oh, that same Spielberg year. Spielberg holding up. Aww. Uh, Heather Drew yeah. yeah. That's sweet. And my sister idolized both of those <laughs> actresses. They were great child actors. I'll tell you, they they were excellent. And I think uh, Craig T. Nelson and Joe Beth Williams are excellent in this movie too. Those are great I performances. Yeah. What happened to Joe Beth Williams' career? Like it seemed for a while that she had a ton of roles, and then you never see her anymore. Yeah, she was in The Big Chill. I think like right after. She's now the the president of the Screen Actors Guild. Oh. That's what she does oh. now. And of course, Craig T. Nelson went on to be you know, coach. the coach. I watched you know. that shit. Yeah, I know. You think he divorced her and then it's like, oh my god. He was watching football. Right. Uh, <laughs> I gave up pot and now I'm a coach. You know, it's like, uh, and Patrick Starr. Yeah. On that show. <laughs> Whatever that actor's name is. We just need That's a Jerry. A great name, Patrick Starr. <laughs> <laughs> you just need a Jerry Van Dyke to show up in the house. Hey, coach! Oh, you know? right, right, yeah. She was in Kramer versus Kramer. She was? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was her. Yeah, she was in. Uh, yeah, she was in a Tom. Like she really stir crazy was another. Yeah, 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 yeah. Richard yeah. Pryor. Um, but yeah. she she was never like she was almost like uh, like a Leslie Ann Warren type. I think she was one of those people yeah. that was like a second tier actress they would bring in occasionally for but these I type of roles. And I like Leslie Ann Warren for that matter. Oh, I do too. I think they're talented actors, but they're not. I, I don't think they became Meryl Streep's or. Yeah. You know, they just yeah. weren't given a chance. No, <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, but Meryl Streep never had Poltergeist, so she, that's... she could have made <laughs> Sophie's choice. Come on, exactly. She could have. Yeah, could have been Leslie's choice. She was in uh, Jungle to Jungle. <laughs> Who was Leslie? Jim Allen. Yeah. Oh, well, there's, there's and then the Big Chill. She that's like the chill. Jumping the Shark movie. Yeah, so that was. Movie with Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much it right there. <laughs> I think her but biggest. What happens if you're on? A hot sitcom with Tim, Tim Allen, like Jonathan Taylor Thomas was on Hulu's Living. What? Where is Jonathan Taylor Thomas today? <laughs> He's in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> good, oh, good. Dear. That is a great question. If anybody knows his whereabouts, please do inform me. Maybe he crossed he into Harvard? the light. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. I'm not Harvard? sure. MIT? He went to, I think, Columbia? One of the Ivy Leagues. At any rate, ladies, he's out there. And if you've seen him... Please let us know where he's at. He was eaten by a tree. I don't, think. don't you dare say that. <laughs> that, by the way, the the kid, uh, oh, the, the son, the tree yeah, branches yeah. reaching in, and it was like the jaws of life. Yeah, and then it, and then it was funny how it just yanked him, like, just went right. and yanked him out the window. And yeah, and he's like, ah. There's another thing that, that could, poor kid. Can we talk about the son for a yeah. minute? Oh, he gets the he worst of it. The worst of everything, and everybody just like overlooked him. I know. Where's Carol Ann? The kid's yeah. like dying over here in He's slime. He's like choked by a clown. <laughs> yeah. And the other daughter gets to get out of town. She gets to go to her friend's house. Right. Yeah. Which, I, I, I think I read before that that toy clown actually did start choking that little boy. Oh, oh really? They had like a mishap on the set, and it wouldn't release. Oh, because um, it was a robot? Because it was like a robot, robotic toy. Right. It, that, that just, it, I think it was a part of the poltergeist. Um, oh, the, the curse, curse kind of thing. Yeah. He obviously didn't die, but it was like a close call. Oh my gosh! And... One scene that confuses me with that is like when the when the when the tree eats the kid, or it's trying to. Then that tornado comes out of nowhere and attacks the tree, and I'm like, yeah. are these ghosts in opposition to each other too? Are they? The well, tornado why? could have been sent by God. The tornado could have been the good ghosts, because there are good ghosts in there. There's right. good people, and then there's only one bad ghost that that we right. Know. 
that's that's manipulating and, and but they don't know they're ghosts remember she said that they're confused as to what they actually were so i don't know but what they, they sort of say that yeah. about like people who believe in guardian angels right is like at any given time yeah you know there's like good and evil forces yeah. that are like warring mm-hmm. over your soul or whatever or yeah. it could have just legitimately <laughs> been a tornado <laughs> just in mean, like, <laughs> southern cow yeah, you know it was, it was like that guy getting eaten by a gator that was then struck by lightning yeah, that's right. right. It could have been one of those miraculous. <laughs> I don't know if that happened. Moments of I know. Well, the t- acts of God. It's a good. Here. It's a good tornado. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the good ones. Tornadoes it is. Can do good. And that tree goes all the way up into the air. It just like sucks it right out. And that's the only thing it takes too is that tree. It doesn't take anything else. Well, it was a determined tornado. It was. It's on a mission. God, I mean, don't you think the neighbors would have noticed the tornado going down the street? That would have. Don't you think the neighbors? Notice the tree, <laughs> grabbing the camera, yeah. and the corpses, and the yeah, yeah, which were real, right? Like, yeah, they yeah. used real skeletons and didn't tell them. They did. They actually oh. did because uh, they oh, couldn't afford that's fake. That's why they think the curse was started. That's how that started. Uh, is because they used these real. Now, isn't that bizarre? The moral of your movie is to don't fuck with the dead. And what the filmmakers do is they actually take real you know corpses. What? Called, what? Irony. <laughs> ah, yes, it is. It is. It's the ultimate. I heard. I did read though that it wasn't this movie. It was the other movies that they used real skeletons. Like no, this no, I read in this movie. In IMDb trivia. It says yeah. this one. It does say that, but I did read an article. Oh, there. okay. I don't know. IMDb trivia. That you anybody... should dispute it. <laughs> but, um, but the thing, there's another thing I was thinking about that movie is that. And I would like to see, because Europeans would laugh at it, because they dig up graveyards all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have to. You know, like, if if you die, normally what most people do, in my experience, what people have told me, um, (laughs) you pay, you know, like, a certain amount of time. So you bury your grandpa, and you pay, like, 100 years out. Yeah. And then only, like, super wealthy families have the money to set it up, like, in perpetuity. But most people, so my friend, like, his parents had long since been dug up and, like, oh, wow. somewhat, but it remained a graveyard. I mean, yeah. I guess that's yeah. different. But again, that, like, so it is kind of weird. As long as the dead are properly buried and a prayer is said and whatever, like, why do they need forever? To be in the ground. Yeah, I don't know. Te- scientifically yeah. speaking, they should decompose completely by that point. Yeah. Yeah, right. In years. I know. I, I was thinking that too, and uh, but then, man, they all pop up at the end. Like that's all mayhem at that end when they're all popping up. I mean, in the swimming pool. Can you, that that's an actual corpse near Joe Beth Williams, man. That oh, yeah. she deserves an Academy I Award know. just like, for that. Can you imagine that? Oh my God! Well, that's like in Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. They use that one scene where Tippi Hendren is getting like attacked, like when she goes up to the attic. Those are legitimately real birds, and Alfred Hitchcock made her do that scene over fifty times. <laughs> Oh, he was a sadistic bastard. He was. He's also highly obsessed with her, but that's a whole nother podcast. That's what I want to do with people I have sex with, is like, attack them with birds. <laughs> or like, exactly. Or <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, oh, she'll want me now, you know. <laughs> but she didn't know that, I'm in. that she didn't know that they were real birds until, until midway, like, in the scene when she was like, this is attacking Ooh. me and yeah. hurting and cutting me. That's, that would be imagine? terrifying. Yes, that that would be. Although I don't know if being attacked by a bird or being you know filmed near a corpse <laughs> with a bunch of corpses yeah, coming yeah. at me. I don't know which one's the worst. Of the... Okay, this, this is the stupidest piece of trivia here. It says <laughs> Poltergeist and AT were filmed within twenty minutes of each location. They're in Hollywood. Yeah, 
Everything. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, everything would be centrally located. So, like, right? Yeah. If it's being done in the studio, that's not really. Uh, Are to impress those guys? I like, yeah. Not really. I mean, I'm 20 uh, minutes from Dublin, Ohio. I mean, that's quite. That's, that's a big difference. Distance, you know. That's it like, is. 14 miles. You can have a lot of studios. Anyway. But, but back to the this thing about the corpses. Like, if you mistreat the corpses, they'll come back to haunt you. Again, I wonder if that's a metaphor for this transition from. The hippie baby boomers to the Reagan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, that you you buried your yeah your youthful past or something. Yeah, that, well, there's a lot of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you gave up your idealism and gave up gave up your values to be something you're not, and yeah. now we're digging this up. You can't hide yourself. I think is essentially maybe what that is. For it. Right. Although there's also the undercurrent of this guy that used that as a real estate scam, essentially with that, he and he's did. the one who gets his come up and because so, he, he said, didn't he say Teague. something like they moved the headstones, but they didn't move the bodies or anything? So yeah. all yeah. the houses were built on ancient Indian burial ground. Is that? Yeah. Did he say Indian? I was trying to figure that out again because those weren't those were like people in tuxedos. They were. So they weren't they weren't like natives coming. Well, maybe they were yeah. fancy natives. Yeah. So I was wondering. I don't know. I thought he said Native American. Maybe that's just in my head. I could be wrong. I think I could see why because I think in so many horror stories, something's always buried under an Indian burial ground. <laughs> right. So it's just like a cliche. Yeah. So we just assume that. Uh, I think The Shining had that similar vibe, right? Like an Indian burial ground, or it was a Native American land. It was a pet cemetery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another Stephen King. Yeah, so that was like a like a trope. But I, I think it was <laughs> yeah. just a regular graveyard. You could be, it was. You could be right. Either way, but it's still I, I thought the same thing. Yeah. And the Family Guy episode that parodies this, <laughs> it's also because you remember he finds like the so skull good. with the headdress. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. right. That show. And then yeah, the Family Family yeah. Guy. Man, I would love that. Would be a dream job. Would be to a writer on Family Guy because those guys have they just plant all of these illusions and everything. Yeah, and pop culture so references. Fast. Yeah, they yeah, hit, yeah, they hit yeah, so yeah. many beats like so quickly, and then after it's over, you're like, oh my god, I got that. <laughs> I just read that Craig T. Nelson did a commercial for like uh, I think it might have been Time Warner Cable or some cable company where it's like Carol Ann's still on the TV and he, and they looked right at the TV, but you can don't give up your cable or something like that <laughs> later on. Oh. Well, they said they were okay with it because it brought back the memory of her as an actress. Oh, okay. So they were okay. Footage, footage from this movie was used in the 2008 DirecTV commercial. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, also, <laughs> the trivia on IMDb says this is the most commercially successful film of the Portuguese trilogy. <laughs> well, you don't have to tell me that twice. <laughs> Isn't that always the case? I know. Yeah. I, there's a few, like, aliens... Aliens might have been more successful than Aliens. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, I have a question for Darla because she, of her okay. experience with the German language. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. There's, there's, yeah. Okay, there's two, there's two translations for the word poltergeist. Mm-hmm. One says noisy ghost, and the other is rambling spirit. Rambling? Yeah. So which one? <laughs> rumbling spirit. Um. So I think like polter, pol- yeah, dead, dead geist, right? Um. Mm. Poltergeist? Yeah. There you like, go. Yeah, I had to like pull out my German. I'm and I believe at... Zelda Rubenstein was German. Ah. Mm. I think she was an like actual. A and German they said that she had also really had psychic powers. 
That's what yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. That she was an actual psychic. Her dog said goodbye to her before. <laughs> um, I should I should have looked that up before I came. But the etymology it's a it's definitely an old word. It's like a medieval word that you know you don't use it in everyday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I I thought that I'd read like noisy ghost. That's what I read yeah. too. So, rumbling spirit is the other one. Rumbling. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same thing. Polter. Yeah. But you know what's funny too. Um, so speaking like you mentioned um growing up and being in a haunted house, but my sister lives in uh, an ostensibly haunted house. And she was actually on one of those ghost hunter shows. <gasps> oh my gosh, which one? It, it, uh, it's the one where it's like the the detective on the travel channel, the detective and the psychic team up. I forgot Dead Files. <laughs> anyway, and, and it's funny because every time it runs, like she she was on it because she thought it was going to give her all this clarity about her house, and she wasn't very happy with how it turned out. Um, the episode? Yeah. Yeah, Noisy Ghost. Um, spook. <laughs> That's also a German word, spook. Oh, spook. I didn't yeah, know yeah, that. Like, yeah, like spook, without, but it's S-P-U-K. Oh, so I guess it would be spook. I guess we owe Germany to most of our like Halloween terminology. But anyway, anyway, so this... I think some convention, like to the degree to which you believe in this stuff, like I think kind of conventional wisdom by psychics of poltergeist, poltergeist, ha, ha, sorry, and now I'm mixing languages. Yeah. Poltergeist <laughs> hauntings only happen through a combination between ghost human interaction. Like a poltergeist is fed by a human. So it's oh. only able to do so. So anyway, and that was one of the things the psychic told my okay. sister mm-hmm. was like, and her house is freaky because like one of the first ghost investigations she had, they left a bunch of recording equipment and then they left the house and I've listened to this. So nobody was in the house. There were no animals in the house and there's like footsteps and the um, cabinets in the bathroom are going bang, 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 bang. So, but anyway, I don't know if the original term had this meaning, but in present day when they talk about a poltergeist haunting, mm-hmm. it's because, um... The human being is so upset that they are, like, feeding this, like, psychic energy, you know, either into, like, an entity or the room around them. So that it okay. o- it's, only able, it's only able to make, like, that noise and move stuff or whatever through, like, an actual living person. Mm-hmm. Ah, wow. okay. So it was interesting because then the psychic that investigated my sister's house said that she had a poltergeist haunting and the cure was to get counseling. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like deal with yeah, deal with your own like psychological oh problems. God. Yeah. And my my sister's a psychologist, so come over here and take it yeah. over. You'll be fine. But did you guys so did you guys see that Donald Sutherland movie in American Haunting? I did not no, see that. No. It's okay, but uh, and a spoiler alert. <laughs> it's a, kind of a similar thing that this ghost that's just terrorizing everybody is the repressed emotions of a living person oh wow okay so that person is totally unable to deal with the conflict that they're living in okay and so this like kind of haunting and and particularly centered on this like other person yeah so it's not necessarily like the spirit of a dead person it's an apparition that's created through psychic energy from someone's like a negative emotional state so i wonder in in the case of the movie i wonder who is generating that Hmm. Would it be maybe the mom or the dad? I think it all started after she flicked off those construction workers, the teenage uh, daughter. Uh, just Carol Ann. It's all her fault. Like Carol Ann wants to reach out to the TV people. I don't yeah. know. But I, I'm, I'm trying to find the... 
That's really interesting. I do love in the in the movie though when Beatrice Strait and the paranormal psychologist come in. You know, the parapsychologist come in, and they're explaining the differences between poltergeists and just a haunting to um, Craig T. Nelson. And I'm just thinking, Craig T. Nelson just has to be thinking, guys. This is all nice. But I just want my daughter back. I don't care what the difference yeah. is. Really, there's obviously something in this house that's we causing these problems. Exactly. You know. Yeah, for sure. Okay, now I'm, I looked up the etymology. So, from German, Poltern is to create a disturbance. Okay. So yeah, so poltergeist, and it's 1838. So Poltern is a verb, like to make noise, rattle, mm-hmm. from bed. To sound, ring, roar, source of bellow or bell. Okay. In the native idiom of northern England. Oh, such phenomena would likely credited to a, a bogart or a bogart. Oh, okay. But anyway, so yeah, polton is a, it's like nobody said, like I've never, mm-hmm. anyway, at least I have never ever heard that yeah. word used in modern day German. It's like a 19th uh, century thing. Yeah. But the etymology sounds like. A disturbing yeah. spirit, yeah. ghost. So, since when this opened in '82 in Germany, they were going, "We're going to go see noisy ghosts." Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, well, and it's funny how I mean, I know Germans are definitely amused about like German words like zeitgeist or angst. Yeah, or that we pick up these words. Like, what are some other weird German? It's or a, oh, farfugnuga? Do you remember that? Yeah, one? I do. Which is like a totally a farfugnuga. Farfugnuga was like a VW. It means it means joy of driving, and nobody says it. In, no one says Fahrenheit. It means like. What do they yeah. call them? VWs over there, Volkswagen. Yeah, Volkswagen. Volkswagen. <laughs> I got to drive the Volkswagen, which was created by Hitler, by the way. Who don't oh. drive the Volkswagen? You need, a, you need yeah. a car for the people, Hitler, the populist. <laughs> wow. I think wow. That's... Well, that plays so that much into that, that ties into so many things. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I always wanted one, and now, like, all the stuff that they were cheating on their emissions. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, true I, story. Know, I don't want one anymore. No. I always want, I, I initially wanted to get, like, a Volkswagen Beetle, one of the newer Beetles, oh, yeah, about yeah. 10 years ago when I was looking for a new car. <laughs> but I was too tiny to drive them. They're surprisingly spacious inside. Uh, my feet wouldn't even reach the pedal. I mean, I felt like Alice in Wonderland in this car. That's funny. So maybe because it looks compact, they had to like really yes. maximize. It's really bizarre, but it's not made for petite people. Is a werewolf a German term too? Like, where is yeah. like a German yeah. term for is it man or? Bad boys. Yeah, yeah, I think I think um, I think I you're right. I think the just say words <laughs> yeah. in German. Well, and I've been told too. Like when I speak German, my um, my voice drops like with the. <laughs> <laughs> my, my voice lowers, and I speak German. Well, I think that's a commonplace thing for yeah, for the Wolf, German language. Wolf. I like Wolf. It's fun to say. And like Wolfgang. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Oh, yeah. Wolfgang. <laughs> Not a werewolf. Wolfgang. <laughs> yeah, like... Oh, Old English. Werewolf. Okay. So it's, it's English that were, whatever, meant man. <laughs> That sets the right tone for the That's podcast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sabrina wants me to stop speaking. That's right. <laughs> He's getting a nerve. I'm sorry, Katie. <laughs> that is one key. She's chat. still traumatized. Yeah, she's. Um, so yeah, this is uh, like I, st- I still think this this whole uh, the movie holds up remarkably well, and I think it's a great visual movie. Like it's just a great cinematic oh, experience. I've never seen it on the big screen, and I think this would be a great movie to see. 
in a theater with people. I think it's this movie, you know, as I was talking about earlier, it really has influenced so many other movies afterwards. So by virtue of that alone, it the movie obviously holds up and there are some great elements in it that other directors and other screenwriters and such you know utilized. Is this the first um, movie with a scary clown? Thing in it? Might be. I, I don't know. Well, Chucky came. Yeah, from yeah, it. they they well, did Chucky say first? that. That yeah. Uh, no, that I think this movie was first. Like certainly they said that it and everything else was inspired directly. I think Stephen yeah. King said he was inspired. What else? Oh, wow. Well, the Joker was probably the first evil uh, clown yeah, character yeah. in pop culture the that first, really like, yeah, 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 that's true. But this was like the but first. But Chucky like, was horror. he was a doll. He was not a clown. He was sort of like a. Well, I, I guess like, that was a doll too. Yeah. I guess that was the same. Yeah. But that—that that was, I mean, again, that was the single most terrifying thing about this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. And every child can relate to that. Of well, especially not just this thing that's looking at you maniacally, and you're sure that it's going to come for you. But there's yeah. also this thing of checking under the bed. Yes. Yeah. So how many nights have you had that where you wanted to put your foot down on the floor, but you were sure that a hand or something else was going to come out from under the bed? I still do that. And oh, yeah. you know, yeah. growing up, my grandmother in the house that she lived in, um, she had like a, a guest bedroom, and within the guest bedroom, there was sort of like what I believe used to possibly be a large, um, what do you call them? Like one of those large closets, yeah. but it like was yeah, but it wasn't a closet. It was actually it had a doorway, but it was kind of like a miniature little room, and Grandma had like a little twin bed in there. Mm-hmm. Make a little night sleep. Oh. So when like we would visit with grandma, mom and dad would sleep in the bedroom, and then we would just be basically in the closet, so to speak. But it would. She had a twin bed, and she had a little um, nightstand, and then in the corner there was this little tiny rocking chair, and she had a clown doll that looked almost exactly like the clown doll from this movie. And I used to demand that the clown doll be taken out of the room before I would go to bed. Oh wow. And wow. so grandma would have to put the clown doll like in the, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the you know, the hallway or whatever. Because of poltergeist, I was so frightened. I was like, I'm not you need the clown needs to go. And so yeah, so she would take the clown doll oh. out. Because I would cry, you know, I would pitch a fit and I was just like, I'm not going to bed with that clown well, looking at me. That's another thing. That so that story about like sleeping in the car, that's so like flowers in the attic. Like you know, like, yeah. story about that. <laughs> But then that's another thing that psychics believe is that when you have kind of man-like figures or whatever, like spirits, we'll use those as a conduit. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, that was another thing my sister was told in her house that she has this almost life-size um, Santa Claus thing that her mother-in-law gave her that's like, it's really cute that stands by the, you know, it's not that creepy. I mean, it's weird that it's, you know, but anyway, so they said like the spirits would like kind of like tap into it or. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, what's interesting in the, in, in the middle of the f- section of the film, I think Zelda Rubenstein's character says, uh, "Block your thoughts because it knows what you're afraid of. It's known, so it knows like enough this, already." This yeah, and it was really challenging that kid, yeah. the son, because that poor he's kid. <laughs> they I feel do his so fears. Bad for him. I can't even remember his name, which yeah. I feel bad about, and the fact that he gets tortured. I mean, yeah. he really has it the worst. <laughs> well, I, I was scared of the tree, like, as a kid. Like, that's just, just, just creepy being eaten by a tree. It, and the tree's growling, too, at the yeah. kid as it's yeah. eating. It's yeah. just a bizarre but thing. But how, how about just the concept of static TV? How many people were probably mm, yeah. made sure they shut their TVs off before it got to the point where they could just see the static in fear of... Oh, yeah. ...of 
something like this happening. Oh, I'm sure this caused a lot of nightmares for a lot of yeah. people just because so many everyday appliances and everyday yes. occurrences are taking and place. And I think that's really the mark of a brilliant writer mm-hmm. or director yeah, 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 is when yeah, you yeah. take commonplace items and make them scary. Oh, you yeah. know, like what Wes Craven did with Freddy Krueger. He made going to sleep a scary thing. Is that a brilliant director or an asshole? <laughs> I don't know. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, it's those kinds of things that really get to people. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Like Scream, another West Craven movie, but 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 a phone call. He turned a phone call into a, a scary situation. And I, I think that's. I, I personally think that that's pretty brilliant when you can do that. That's really. A master of, of fear, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We can deconstruct and analyze it. I do think this is a work of genius, Spoltergeist, oh, because absolutely. I think it, it, everything you're saying is exactly what makes it brilliant. Is like taking this typical, average, run of the mill, you know, American family, like that most people would identify as American family at that time, like the nuclear family. And then bringing all these weird occurrences. And that's a trope in a lot of Spielberg movies, whether he produced them or directed them. Like the kitchen in Jurassic Park with the raptors. You're never going to see a raptor in a kitchen, but it's stuff that we recognize. Yeah, 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 and they, yeah. they have to work through that. And then yeah. Gremlins with the blender. You know, again, another yeah. Yeah, yeah. everyday item, yeah. you know, uh, where they start Gremlins. killing the Gremlins and they put them in the microwave. <laughs> so, But that, that's the kind of stuff that gets to people because... That's what makes it scary is the element of this could happen to me. Yeah. yeah. An everyday yeah. person in everyday yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, and even on the kinder, you know, like Close Encounters is filled with those moments too that we talked about where, yeah. you know, like just like the kid, like the little boy that goes out and, and with the aliens coming out and all the, yeah. all the toys are going off automatically. It's, yeah. Those are things that he's brilliant with. I need to see that again because I only, I saw it when it came out. You're not missing So much. I don't, okay. Yeah, I don't, you're missing I a lot. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> they tease me because I just was not a huge... In fact, uh, Scott actually said last night because we started watching um, X-Files. Mm-hmm. And I really like it. And Scott's like, you like this, but you don't like Cousin <laughs> Katniss of the Third Kind. And I was like, it doesn't have Richard Dreyfuss. <laughs> uh, the, the long-running joke is my quote when we <laughs> I don't know, we watched Jaws, and then we watched Close Encounters of the Third Kind, so it was kind of like a Richard Dreyfus overload, and I was just oh, like, yeah, I don't get yeah. Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> uh, well, then you need to watch, what's that What's that movie with the aluminum siding? Oh, what was that? Um, hmm. It was something, it's not Matchstick Men, because that's Nicolas Cage, it's something men. You gotta watch that movie, and then you'll, <laughs> and then you'll appreciate Richard Dreyfus again, I think. Uh, yeah, I love that performance. I also liked uh, American Graffiti, you know, which is a great film. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I still don't get him. Uh, <laughs> and Jaws, and Jaws. And, and he he's in the yeah. he can great for sure. He's yeah, and he was even in a movie with Audrey Hepburn. Still don't get him. Always. <gasps> you know, I'm glad you brought that up because there's a tie to this movie with that movie. With always. Yes. Okay. So uh, Craig T. Nelson's watching a movie called A Guy Named Joe with Spencer Tracy, where he finds out he's a ghost. This is a classic movie. That movie is the movie that was remade as Always. Wow. So Spielberg's a big move, fan of that movie. He always wanted to Six remake it. Of Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, and it's about the afterlife, so it ties into the mm-hmm. themes here. So yeah, that's a little trivia bit. Trivia. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, that was a yeah. you set me up, and I batted it's all, it out. It's apart. all Richard Dreyfuss. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So overall, what are your thoughts on the movie? Does it hold up for you? I, I kind of have an idea of where this yeah. is going, but I think uh, it's a fantastic film. Every time I watch it. Especially now, seeing it with adult eyes, I'm, I'm tuning into sort of, no pun intended, 
tuning into different elements about it um, that I find really intriguing and I can really appreciate more on a, a different level than when I was a kid. You know, when I was a kid, the movie really scared me, which yeah. it did its purpose. Um, but I think it's a great film. I think it holds up. Um, aside from some of the dated aspects of it, you know, yeah. like the home and the fashion and things like that, at the heart of it, it's still a timeless story. You know, I've lived in a haunted house, so I can attest to some scary things happening. Um, and I think it's something that a lot of people can resonate with. Resonate with? <laughs> yo, yo. <laughs> I dig. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, so it was really nice to watch it again, you know, I, and I really don't know whether I've watched it between the, my original watching at age 11 and today, but yeah, I thought it held up really, really well. I thought it was well done. There, there was a few things that were hokey, so the tree looked really fake to me this time. Yeah. But again, and I do appreciate, it, that's way better than crappy CGI. For yeah, sure. me too. Although CGI is getting better now, but, mm -hmm. um... So the effects were really well done. I agree with the thing about Joe Beth Williams flopping around on the ceiling. That was, <laughs> that was really like, That was like terrifying. Um, yeah. I was, and again, I was still a little confused what was going on and like why she thought the house was clean and why it wasn't or whatever. But it's, it didn't detract too much from the movie. The only thing I would say, I should not watch these movies with Mike. <laughs> yeah. He just, he laughs at all horror movies. And so if I, if I had watched it alone, like late at night, I think I would have been more scared. <laughs> He's just perfectly comfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With it being the movie get and Mike not on here and get his take on a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I drag him to, I love horror movies. I'm a horror movie junkie, yeah. so I drag him to all these movies. And usually I'll say, are you going to go see blah, blah, blah with me? And he goes, do you mean, am I going to watch the movie while you have your head in my armpit? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just like, oh, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's turning into a fly. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum can turn into anything as far as yeah. that concerned. That man is smoking hot. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Even as a half. Yeah, when he vomits onto his stomach. <laughs> well, he's yeah. If that's a dream boat for you, that's, that's an interesting inner life right there. Brundle fly. I am not yeah. the only woman that thinks Jeff Goldblum I think he's hot. I do. I thought he was creepy as the fly. Yeah. He might have... Okay. That's the ugliest creature in... Creepy is subjective. Oh, yeah. vibes. Have you ever seen the movie Vibes? No. Oh, we have the, that. Is with Cindy Lauper and Jeff Goldblum. She was in a movie? Yeah. It's a really ridiculous movie. This is a side note, but I remember there was this like this movie. And most people haven't seen it. Like it was like in the mid '80s where he was with Michelle Pfeiffer, and it was like one of those kind of like After Hours. It was one of those every man yuppie yeah. caught up. I forget the name of the movie though. I think huh. David Bowie had like a small role in it too. Oh wow, that's funny. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I love this movie, um, but I love anything that Spielberg did. <laughs> I'll just say that he directed it because. <laughs> um, I don't even think it's like it does have a horror movie, but I think it's a little bit more than that. It feels more like because it's a Spielberg horror movie. It's a little you know because how deep he goes with the family and everything, and and it's not like gory horror. And even when it does, it's like a hallucination. I don't know how the ghosts make people think that their face is falling off. I don't know how. Oh, that, yeah. that was always weird to me. In yeah. hindsight, it's like oh, the ghosts like. There was a light that came up uh, when oh, that yeah. started happening in the bathroom yeah. in front of him. But why just do a prank like that? That always was yeah, it was like because it yeah. seems like the ghosts could be dangerous if they wanted to be. They can make a tree try to kill a kid. I <laughs> don't if they wanted to, like. Anyways, um, 
But I like I like the music. I like you know the way it's shot. Um, I, I think the acting is great, and you know the story. There there are obviously holes in the story, but um, I don't think they were glaring to the point where they took me out of the what was going on. I, I some of the special effects, obviously, anything done in that time period is going to be outdated. Um, but I do I, I think CG. I now a lot of it looks fake just because it doesn't look there's no weight to it. But yeah, right, yeah, you know, it's yeah. just like if you got CGI on CGI, CGI looks good if everything else is real, but if it's just CGI on CGI, it just looks it just looks like a cartoon, I guess. Yeah. Um but yeah, I I, I think this is uh this is my favorite horror movie, if you know, if that's just uh, I just enjoy watching it the most. I'm not a huge horror fan. Um, Tony's trying to get me around a little bit with Freddy Krueger and well, like <laughs> some classic movies. That, you know, I, I, I mean, I do like like Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist, and uh, um, but I was never into like the gory movies where you Freddy's know, actually not that gory. No, you're surprisingly right. It's more, it's more kind of yeah, just it threatening. Really kind yeah. of is like psychological, yeah, and threatening. It's it's startling. It's creepy though when it's he's, creepy. he turns into that warm creepy. and he starts eating people. That's well, that's creepy. a little uh, scary. <laughs> 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 I, was, I remember I looked in the back of the, the the Nightmare on Elm Street, whatever movie version that was, and they had that picture of him eating someone. I'm like, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I will never sleep again. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that would be just a great horror movie. That would like, be the scariest person ever, like eating stuff. Actually, no. the creepiest to me is just so scary. The creepiest yeah. to me. in the hallways. <laughs> <laughs> By far, every the... time someone wears a striped shirt like that, anywhere, no matter where I'm at, I'm instantly on alert, thinking that's Freddy in disguise. Oh yeah, yeah. The creepiest movies to me though are the alien abduction films, like. Uh, Oh. Communion with yes, the Christopher Walken. Yeah. That's creepy to me. Communion is an yeah. awesome movie. Yeah, I've yeah. never uh, seen that. Uh, that, that was, my friend read that book and he was just like telling me, he's like, don't, don't even tell me that story. That's so creepy. Creepy alien movies, Fire in the Sky. Oh, that's take oh, out when he gets oh. caught up in the. Have you ever seen that? I don't know that. Yeah, that, that is a creepy. That is a creepy. I don't know if it, it's even good. It's hard. It's to not do. even a good movie, but it's creepy. The section where you, the guy, the, the, a bunch of these like lumberjacks, I guess, yeah, in the Pacific oh, Northwest, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he gets caught in the, yeah. the spaceship, and it's really creepy watching him. Yeah, they to abduct escape. him, and they because uh, uh, it's silent. It's not like they use an actual score. Like it's just a, like a silent scene watching him just that, that, that old fashioned alien the big eyes and the slit mouth and this and the big little head. finger long yeah. oh that's you don't when they make the aliens like an insect base I don't get creeped out because it's like yeah. but yeah. they make it like humanoid the, and the uncanny valley do you know about it was no. funny because I was, I was at a party and um, I was telling somebody something and they were like Darla you know everything and Jeremy Pelzer was there and I was like I guarantee Jeremy knows this I'm like <laughs> I, I, there's very few like random facts that so I was like, Jeremy, do you know what the Uncanny Valley was? And he goes, yes! But anyway, so <laughs> the Uncanny Valley, and that comes from a German, oh shit, what is Unheimlich something. Anyway, <laughs> it's the idea that something that's sort of like us is cute, like a monkey. Oh. Yeah. And then as it gets closer to us, like when it is us, it's okay, because we recognize it, it's one of us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if it's sort of like us, but, 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 so that's what they call the, un- so is it, it's like the creepiness factor. Like, goes way up as it gets close to us or whatever because we're like we're so creeped out and it's it's like in our dna or in our brains deeply evolutionarily because that might hurt us or something so right. that's why clowns and aliens 
you know, and all these oh, things that are cute and fun, right. but just a little bit off. Right. And that's why something that's just a little bit That's off. why people were creeped out by the Polar Express. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, my dad was telling me about that, he was describing the same thing you you were describing right there, the Uncanny Valley, and I started looking into it, and they said that that, that's why when they do that CGI of humans, because it's it's almost human, but it's not quite, it creeps people out, they don't like it, that's why. That's probably why I'm creeped out by Freddy Krueger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and it's it's just like, it's like a universal human thing, it's really weird. Yeah. So that's, that explains the the creepiness of the the gray aliens. It it does, it does, and I I completely agree with that, like, the the closer it is to human, but not quite human, that's when it gets, like, ultra, ultra, yeah. If you want to freak me yeah. out, just like get one of those alien masks and at two in the morning just stand outside my window. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that exactly. wouldn't be creepy. I would jump out and I'd probably try a knife. But anyways. Well now I know what to do. Yeah, that's right. Especially you. <laughs> Your size. <laughs> Hello. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Come with us, Scott. <laughs> I'd be like, <gasps> Why well, love Halloween costumes. Yeah. Oh no, no. I love this movie. Like, uh, like I'm a sucker, especially now. And it's part of it's admittedly a nostalgia for anything that came out in the late '70s and early '80s. That's when I was a kid, and I, you know, you're kind of transported back in time when you watch something like this. And I I think even outside of that, though, I think it's such a well-crafted. It's a very witty movie. Like, it's funny, legitimately funny. It's really well written. There's some incongruities going on, and I don't like you. I don't quite. understand the details with the ghosts and their their plight but um it doesn't really matter i think the most important thing is the 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 house is haunted and this is how this family is reacting to it and that's what we're really invested in anyway and i think like whether spielberg technically directed this or not it still feels like a spielberg movie to me with the exception there's no john williams score it's a jerry goldsmith score but it's still a visual experience it's just like the special effects I'm still a sucker for practical effects and I think despite some of it being dated it still works for me because there's an intensity to the way it's filmed and the yeah, way the music yeah, comes yeah, in that yeah. really elevates it for you and um, and I like I like I mean uh, I think the parents are interesting characters like we said there's like a lot of undercurrents with the, the freeling yeah. parents you know they're they're not um, they're not quite straight but they're not quite you know they're they have like Different like uh, oh, there it is. feet in different uh, you know places. <laughs> What's a bon raku puppet? Oh, yeah, we're checking out the Uncanny Valley. Yeah, that's the that's the how the freaks got out graph. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes. yes. <laughs> so yeah, I, I love it. I think it still holds up, and uh, I tend to close like a lot of these podcasts where you can find it on Blu-ray. And there is a Blu-ray available from Poltergeist. It looks great on Blu-ray. It was like released in like 2007. It has terrible special features. Like this is a movie that's craving for uh, making of. And in commentaries, there's nothing. The only thing they have is a, it's like an A&E type documentary on Poltergeist themselves, an which A&E? has nothing to do with the movie. It's just talking about, it's a documentary on Poltergeists, which is useless for a fan well, of the movie. Is it because it's the the friction between I think that has a lot I think that there there was so much weirdness was as to who 
I think Spielberg might have been uncomfortable talking about who actually directed this and who didn't and all that. And all the and, people that died. And all the people that died. You know, uh, like Carol O'Rourke and, and, you know. Yeah. You know. So I think that that may be why it's sparse. But it, it needs to... They need to come out sometime with like all this making of documentary because it's a classic movie. You want to learn more about it. So... Yeah. So yeah, I mean this this reminds me like I always watch this on HBO and another Spielberg produced movie, The Twilight Zone, the movie that always seemed oh, to be yeah. on at the same time. Want to see oh. something really scary? Yeah, <laughs> that scared the crap out of me. Oh, yeah. I've never yeah. seen it. Uh, After, oh, and then that that was cursed too. Yeah, yeah, that, that was that had died. an actual yeah. yeah. Really? And two children died too, didn't they? They did. Yeah, yeah, yeah like it was Vic Morrow. I think yeah. was the actor who died. Uh, that's what I want to cover eventually on, on here for that very reason. And we got to see Albert Brooks like improvise uh, during the first half, which is the best. So yeah, that's Poltergeist. Uh, yeah. So do, do you think there's anything to that curse, or do you think it's just bad luck? Uh, the Poltergeist? Um, yeah. n- I mean, I think it's a fun story. I think it's a fun tidbit to How tie in. Fun? People die. Well, not fun. We all have a death wish. We want, uh, we, we want to vicariously live our death wish I, I don't value human life guys yeah, if it's yeah. funny it's funny and especially yeah. when it's a cute little blonde girl yeah exactly oh, so septic shock you know oh my god well um, I don't think it's a curse because three of them were chronic diseases which you know yeah. and then the one was uh, she was strangled by her ex-boyfriend which wait were who, so who all died to the two daughters so the, yeah, the two daughters died I uh it was a Dominique Dunn Dominique died the Dunn. same year she was strangled by her boyfriend, which is a terrible tragedy. Then I think the actor who played Kane, who you mentioned, he was diagnosed with stomach cancer yeah, so before, he was older and, he was dying of cancer and that was a sequel. And then um, um, Heather O'Rourke, I think after the third Poltergeist, had died of septic shock or something. I think she, she had, had Crohn's a, disease. She had an intestinal stent blockage, blockage yeah. that wasn't properly. Yeah. yeah, so she had something that wasn't properly diagnosed. Which is yeah. horrible, yeah. you know. And Craig she T. Nelson ended up on Coach, and that was tragic. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, that's good for his career. It almost came back to Netflix. Yeah. It did. It did. It was canceled. So that, I think that's kind of the curse there that, that people talk about. Yeah. <laughs> that's the true curse. Right, to yeah. To be on syndicate on the WB. The, the truth is, if do you believe in ghosts? Yes, yeah. I do. Yes, I do. So uh, that should wrap it up. I want to thank Darla for coming on as an yeah, awesome thank guest. You so much. Thank you, thank you for having me. Yeah. Yes. Do you have anything in general to plug? I know that you've been in, involved with improv off and on, you know, over the years. Um. So I will just say, so the Nest Theater uh, with Tara DeFrancisco and and Rance Rizzuto is opening on October twenty second, and I will okay. be interning there, so you may see me. Oh, yes. cool! Awesome! So. Awesome! And uh, we have our own specific projects coming up. Uh, next week is the Columbus Improv Festival taking place from That's October right. 18th to 24th. Mm-hmm. Uh, several workshops and uh, shows are going to be taking place during that time at the Wild Goose Creative. Scott and I are going to be doing the Wheeler Brothers set on the 20th. And also, we're part of our original improv troupe, Squishies Reunion, the 10-year reunion, <laughs> wow. uh, that night. So we're really oh, excited cool. about that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So that'd be fun. And Tony, I know you have a few items. Um, my birthday's December fourth. There you go. Right. 
that's about the <laughs> thing I can think of. That's all. Um, well, we have the putts in December. Right, a show right. I'm directing the putts. We're putting that up also at the Wild Goose Creative on December 9th. So hopefully we'll have that up and running. Five days after my birthday. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So we're excited. Yeah, that's about it. I'm kind of, kind of taking a little seasonal hiatus. That's right. And you can always follow Cinema Wheeler Tay on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. And we're also found on cinemawheelertay.podbean.com. That's where our, our main page is. And we're also available on iTunes. Yeah, and if you like what you hear, be kind and, and give us a rating. We, we'd be interested to know mm-hmm. um, what you think of the show and if you're enjoying it. And feel free to connect on Facebook and Twitter. We'd love to get to meet our listeners, especially if they're folks that we don't know personally. So connect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Go ahead and uh, find us wherever you can and, yeah. and, and like us. And uh, thanks again, everybody. See you next time. Y'all mind hanging back? You're jamming the frequencies.